1: lightness, and heartfelt shares.
0: We're so excited to have our first guest for Season 2, our lovely Diana Petrova, who is Holistic Lifestyle and Menstrual Coach. And guess what? We're going to talk about menstrual cycles and hormones and how are they related to sensuality.
1: Welcome. We're so happy to have you here, Diana.
2: Thank you so much Sam and Migena for welcoming me in this first episode in the new season of sensuality. I'm super excited. I just shared with you that also it's my uh, first podcast ever, so I'm extra excited for that. And the topic is very dear to my heart, so I would love to share both my experiences and knowledge about the topic. Yeah, um, we're looking
0: forward to that.
2: And actually let's start with
0: How did you come to work with female health and menstrual cycles?
2: I would say, first of all, my struggles with my own menstrual cycle. That's where I started from. I really used to suffer from a quite heavy premenstrual syndrome and painful periods. At the same time, I'm super focused and very much interested in holistic health. So I was really digging into the topic, how I can help myself without getting into too much medications, which will have a side effects, of course. So that led me into a completely new field of research, of experimenting, of experiences for myself as a woman, to discover that the menstrual cycle is so much more than just periods. Wow. And
1: when you said that word experimenting, I have to say something kind of lit up in me and I got very curious. Like, what's all that experimenting about, Dana?
2: Yes, I would say it's an experimenting with different, to see the, the menstrual cycle from a completely different perspective. That's something that really changed my experience, the perspective that normally we have about the menstrual cycle is that something that we are at best probably ignoring or trying to not really talk about and at worst hating because it can be also very much a source of struggling and suffering and pain and shame and a lot of other things going underneath that we don't speak about.
0: Crazy, right? Because it's such a natural that happens in a woman's life and to be attached to so much judgment in a way
2: yes indeed indeed there is so much more to dig in when it comes to our bodies and hormones and how it functions and how it's seen in society at the same time how we see ourselves from perspective of that society that we are brought up So experimenting both mentally to see different perspectives, but also to experiment with the very practical tools that I learned on the way about nutrition and fitness and mindfulness techniques, which really helped me to actually deal in a very non-medical way, so to speak, without too much medications. Yes.
1: So out of all of those tips and insights, what were your favorite, like your top three that really helped you on your journey?
2: I think number one is something that you mentioned also on your podcast, and it's very, very much all over internet when it comes to women's health, and that is rest. Number one is to rest during your period as much as possible and not to have temptations of... Uh, anything basically including uh, your sexual life (laughs) but also your professional life and productivity and number two would be definitely a nutrition because it plays a huge role in balancing the hormones and number three is the mindset how you approach your menstrual cycle plays a huge big role in the individual experience that a woman has and it played a big big role for me The
0: mindset made me curious, actually. Like, what would be an appropriate mindset to have when it comes to menstrual cycles?
2: Well, we as women are not grown up with the mindset to see the menstrual cycle as something, as a power. We are grown up to see it as something that we have to endure. And that's a price to pay for a woman in order for her to have kids. And basically, the whole reproductive system is... Seen as uh, it's it's um, a mixed signals of both pleasure and pain, because we can experience enormous pleasure, but there is also connected with a lot of suffering and pain, with the childbirth and menstrual pain and PMS and all these very typical for women experiences. I think pain is something that we need to reframe, because pain is actually more like the body talks to us about what happens in our life instead of something to ignore or something to numb with medications. So it is a symptom indeed, pain. So in that aspect, the mindset plays a huge role to see, to reframe pain and to reframe the PMS and to reframe the painful periods and to actually see that behind the pain, there is an enormous power that is awaiting for us to be discovered and it holds so much more key to our confidence, to our even calling and our intuition and sensuality and sexuality and all these feminine gifts that we so deeply are longing for and we are searching in so many different ways. And, in the, and it is actually right here in our bodies
1: smiling a lot because I can relate on a very personal level at the moment because I've been going through my own struggles my menstrual dramas my period dramas and I've been having really intense pains actually just for maybe one hour at the second day of my period and it's actually caused me a lot of distress even though it's just this very short time frame and I'm currently receiving acupuncture and taking Chinese herbs as a kind of alternative way to deal with this. And already I'm feeling more in flow, (laughs) literally. I feel differently in my body and I feel I haven't had any pain, touch wood so far. This period is lighter. I have my period today and something's shifting. And I I really believe it's because I'm taking a slightly more holistic approach to my menstrual cycle. So I'm curious to know your, your thoughts and your feelings on that.
2: Yes, I absolutely congratulate you, first of all, Sam, about the different approach that you took compared to many other women who, unfortunately, haven't been informed that there is another way to deal with, not just with medications. And I'm really happy to hear that you really can see a difference. And there is a huge difference when we approach our cycle in a more gentle, feminine way, incorporating more holistic approaches like acupuncture is an amazing tool that we can use for painful periods. At the same time, what I also teach is not just about focusing on that part of the cycle, which is really the most problematic one for many women but to see the overall cycle, because normally when I say menstrual cycle, when I ask women to tell me one word associated with the menstrual cycle, normally like 80% of the women say something like pain, suffering, complex, something that implies a negative experience. And that already for me shows that these women identify the whole menstrual cycle with periods but in reality it is only a quarter of the menstrual cycle the menstrual cycle is anything that we go through from the moment we start bleeding first bleeding at uh, our menarche is called the first bleeding all the way through menopause we're constantly cycling apart of of course from the time when we are pregnant for example But at the same time, we only recognize the most visible part, which is the period. Otherwise, we are not so much aware of what's going on in our bodies. And there is so much more that actually is happening that impacts our productivity, motivation, relationships, sexuality, sensuality, perspectives, basically everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's where we want to lead it to as well. Like how is the menstrual cycles connected to sensuality? Like when are we the most sensual in the cycles?
2: This is something that I'm so, so interested and excited to talk about because I have both uh, uh, experience as a researcher in that area, but also personal experience from uh, now nearly working very close and intense for the last three years of my life. I would blend somehow in this conversation, my personal experiences with a little bit of the knowledge that I have. So we have a beautiful mixture and your listeners can relate to both. So first of all, I already mentioned that the menstrual cycle is not just about periods and bleeding. It is everything in between, basically. So from a very theoretical perspective, the menstrual cycle is divided by four phases, so if the woman has, let's say, the standard 28 day cycle, each phase will last around like on average seven days, even though some phases are longer than the others. But let's say something like that, a week per phase. And each phase has a very distinctive hormones that are riding this wave uh, in this specific phase. And to be even more poetic and more feminine, each face can actually be related with a specific season in nature.
1: I so love that. I feel a poem coming on. Do you know that?
2: Yes, absolutely. Each hormones actually brings specific changes in the body, in of course in the reproductive system, but also in the mind of that woman that experiences the face. The magic uh, of
0: being a woman. Being truly a
2: woman. magical. And it really busts out the myths that we're unpredictable. We're kind of paradox because we're also unpredictable. But once we get to know our bodies and what really happens, we become so much more predictable for ourselves and potentially for others if they want to get to know us, especially our partners. These four faces basically are also very much related with our sensuality the first part I would say the first two seasons or two phases are estrogen dominant so to speak it's when uh, right after the bleeding normally women are like the majority of women I talk to and me almost feel like wow this is me again after the period you know it's like wow yes finally I'm uh, over this or whatever it's the expression (laughs) right I'm not that crazy anymore (laughs) yes I'm not crazy i'm not eating like a sugar addict or something like this (laughs) it's this sense of coming back to the normal self feeling much more motivated and engaged with life and the the focus is also outward much more outward so this is due to the increasing estrogen but let's look at how that impacts sensuality So when it comes to the estrogen, estrogen is the hormone that really brings our focus outward, towards the world. That's why we want to engage again uh, after menstruation and after the bleeding. It also makes our senses to open up again to stimuli, to be interested in external stimuli from the environment. The first two phases that is estrogen dominant can also be called or are related with the seasons of spring and summer. And if we look at the nature, what happens during spring and summer, they are very sensual and actually sexual seasons, right? These are the seasons when the nature is opening up, she's slowly like spreading the leaves and wants to show again her beauty. She wants to create a new expression of herself in a very unique way because even though the seasons are repeating, every year it's different from the other it's never truly the same so in that sense every woman experiences every cycle in a bit different way than the other Mm -hmm. because the context is different and she's also hopefully more mature and grown and 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 different than the previous cycle so
1: making so much sense and just what you were saying around the seasons and I feel so sexy in spring, and of course that's because all the nature is opening up. We're opening up, and there is this feeling in the soul of kind of like budding into something. So no wonder.
2: Yes, absolutely. And if you live in the northern hemisphere, as we do, especially more in towards the northern countries, you see when the sun starts shining in March, April, May, like all these. People that were inside, everybody's flocking out, they want to show off their skin, they want to uh, put short skirt and t-shirt or something to show off. It's also our instinct of how we want to relate again back to our nature, to connect with the external environment, to connect with sun, with, with the elements, with the light, with warmth, with everything that makes us feel expanded and open. And in that sense, increasing sensuality.
0: I'm curious, actually, how long in terms of days can this period last? How long can wind be in spring and in summer? The sensual window.
2: The sensual window, yes. I would say actually the sensual window is always open. it's different during the different seasons (laughs) because winter can be also super sensual but it's much more inward experience it's not so much about showing off i'm talking now more about the standard perception of sensuality and sexuality which is more about look at me i'm sexy and i know it (laughs) something like (laughs) this (laughs) so this is the phase that we really especially enjoy very much as women We like to dress up, we like to put the makeup on, and we really want to do it for ourselves, but also we want to be noticed. We want to hear some compliments about the looks, and it just feels so good in our bodies and in our skin to be during that season, during that phase of the cycle. And again, you asked me how long that lasts. Well, first of all, it's a bit individual from a woman to woman because these different phases vary depending on how on average is the menstrual cycle for each woman, and that varies also for each woman. What is considered a normal and healthy menstrual cycle is between 24 and 35, 36 days. Anything in between is considered a normal healthy cycle. If it is a little bit shorter or a little bit longer, or maybe not a little, but quite a lot then that's considered that there is something going on chronically and needs to be looked at by a specialist
1: oh my gosh even my periods are eccentric I mean my last cycle was like 33 days and the recent one has been 22 so what's all that about Diana
2: well some it really depends on the lifestyle of a woman as well because if the woman is a little bit more maybe not grounded or settled or she experiences a very dramatic changes in her life that can also impact the length it can make it longer or shorter i can share you my experience for example today is also my day one of my period <laughs> luckily for me
1: We're celebrating with you
2: yes thank you <laughs> and i was not supposed to bleed until three days later But I know very well why this happened. Because one week ago, I decided to do a three days uh, water fasting during the full moon day. And that somehow I know that it, it can impact my hormonal levels. And normally when I experience stress in some ways, and that was stress for my body, not so much for the mind, that tends to shorten my cycle. So I'm now having my cycle a little bit shorter than usual is not something that concerns me because I already know what's going on, what has been going on for me. So I'm okay with that. However, if the tendency is to be like this, in general like if it is something that you observe on a regular basis maybe it is something to look at why is it like this but if it's one or two cycles like this yeah it can happen and you can reflect back what happened during this time of your life because the menstrual cycle is just a feedback for you
1: yeah that's really interesting (laughs) i'm actually just having some personal thoughts around because i exercise in the morning and i wonder whether that even would impact it just things physically moving and how that interrupts or affects the cycle?
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. Almost everything affects the cycle because it's very sensitive towards stress. It's very sensitive towards changes in the routine. So if you can see what have been changing in your routines, that can give you an indication of a possible reason. It's exactly as you
0: said. It's like a feedback, a direct feedback that you get from your body. And it reflects this inner cycle. And that has yes. been a huge awareness for me and taking it back as well to the pain that that huge awareness that it's not supposed to be painful. That's the feedback that you get.
2: Yeah. and And the pain is basically a feedback mechanism for your body to say, hey, this is something is not okay. Look, please listen to me, pay attention. But it's exactly like when we have a tooth pain. Like, if you want to ignore it, you will take painkillers, but you know eventually that in the long run, it's not good to ignore tooth pain because it might lead to a huge infection and really possibly a life-threatening situation. So something very similar is happening also with the premenstrual syndrome and the painful periods. Of course, not to that extreme as the tooth pain, but there are indications of the body that something is not balanced. Something is not okay for the body from a purely bodily experience. Something is not okay and it needs to be looked at. But we tend to ignore it by because we don't have time or because we simply believe that that's a normal thing to happen. I've talked to many women and some of them regarding this topic with the pain and the suffering and the painful periods. And many of them shared with me that they talked with their gynecologist. And unfortunately, many of them were told that it's normal to have pain, take painkillers. Or if it's so dramatic, I will put you on a hormonal contraception. But is that the solution? (laughs) That's the question. Yeah. because we are basically numbing out something that actually speaks to us. Yes.
1: One thing I've found with the pain, actually, apart from the hot water bottle, which does really help, is that I can offer myself a lot of touch, healing touch that can alleviate some of it. So just the act of when I'm having like really extreme belly pains and stuff, putting my warm hands onto my belly and settling into that place, even though it's uncomfortable, and then kind of breathing into that, there is a sort of relief and self soothing that I can offer myself. And so, yeah, I'm just kind of getting curious about both of you here. Like what are your self soothing tips when you're experiencing pain?
2: I think what you discovered is very intuitive and uh, such a beautiful way to nurture and soothe yourself by touch. And indeed, that's why I said that every season is sensual. So by giving yourself a touch, a, a nice and gentle and warm touch, this is something that I would recommend to all women. And also the deep breathing and moving with the waves of the pain. What actually pain is during the period, is that the womb is experiencing contraction. But we experience these contractions like pain. However, it is a possibility that we only have contractions without the pain. We can still experience. And I have myself experienced that a couple of times. However, I also don't want to put any idealization about what a menstruation should be or should look like because we do not live in ideal conditions as well. So whatever we try to do for ourselves to ease the pain, we also have to remind ourselves that we also live in an environment that does not support our menstrual health. And we are big part responsible for it, but not entirely. So we do our best, but if you experience pain, well, we do our best to soothe, but the aim or the goal is not to, completely be free from pain. That would be wonderful, but sometimes it's just not possible due to many different external factors.
0: I love what you mentioned there because it takes a little bit away this guilt in a way. Because in me, like what happens is that, oh, I'm causing the pain. I need to actually (laughs) see what is it that I'm doing that why am I having painful periods. Yeah. Right. So love what you're saying that that it's okay look as well at the environment that we're living in yes, and yes. everything is a factor
2: as well. Yes, because we women tend to be too responsible and to take too much accountability for what happens, but we also need to be a little bit more observing what happens that, yes, I do my best, but I'm not responsible for completely everything that happens in the world and in my world. There are certain things I can control and some things I cannot control, right? Right. And sometimes when I say control, let's take this situation. Like if you are a professional woman, sometimes we can align our work so it can fit our menstrual cycle and sometimes we cannot. So what should we do? Sometimes like today, for example, I teach women that they should relax and I have relaxed indeed before having the interview with you, but I didn't cancel the interview just because I have a menstrual cycle, right? So it's more about the approach of we do our best, but it's not the ideal situation. So we are not perfectionist also into achieving that ideal situation when there will be no pain and no suffering. I personally believe even in the world, probably we will not reach to that state when there will be no suffering and pain in the world. So why should we expect this also for our period? my job is actually to empower women to understand what is their job to do and the rest to let go of the responsibility
0: that's lovely that's really lovely and still i we think have two more seasons to talk about sensuality mm-hmm. fall yes. and winter so mm-hmm. how is that related now
2: Yes. So we talked about the spring and the summer, how the sensuality is in full blossom and the focus is so much more outward and we are much more willing to engage with others, with the sex that attracts us. It doesn't matter what it is and what, what exactly it is but really to engage with other people. This is more the actual focus. While during the autumn and winter, which corresponds to our premenstrual phase and, menstrual and menstruation, the focus is much more inward. Then the sensuality, I would say, is more towards ourselves, how we please us. Not so much how can I relate to others so we please each other, but how I please myself. And how do I communicate with others so they also know how to please me? And not in a selfish or egoistic way, but how do I communicate in a clear way? How do I set my boundaries if something is okay or not okay? Because when we are in this high estrogen peak during the spring and summer, and we're so open to experiment, sometimes we do things that later we regret. And maybe it was like, ah, yeah, that was okay. I had this experience, but... Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I was too much enthusiastic, or I was too much carried by the excitement, but actually, if I really think it was crossing some of my boundaries, let's say to speak, sometimes it is in the area of sexuality, and when women are maybe too eager to please and they say yes and too open to receive pleasure and and then the discernment is not so working so to speak so these qualities of discernment and boundaries are very much awakened during the premenstrual phase that's why we tend to be also a little bit more spicy and feisty and fiery (laughs) so that can be also very passionate phase i would say i can tell you from my experience sometimes I have a huge fight with my partner and I really say, okay, this is not okay. No, I don't want to be treated like this. And, and, you know, there is a huge uh, kind of uh, setup of my boundaries. So they can be a lot of spiciness. And after cooling down, it can also be after the fight, it can be the makeup, you know, like, oh, okay, we had this fight and we had this energy going on and wow. And I I really like, okay, you really get through what I wanted to say. And now we can really get to the truth of what's going on if we are both open for it. So that really opens a possibility for the sensuality to become more mature, not so much about being flirtatious, but more like Mm, like the dark side of sensuality. I I want to experience and I want to fill you also with the anger, with the frustration, and and all this anger and frustration melts into a passion, so to speak. So that can can come into that pot as well in terms of sensuality and sexuality.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can so relate. And I definitely get a bit feisty before my period, And I really almost feel like there's this kind of like really charged volcanic energy that's kind of building up in the womb area. And I really feel it on a physical level. And actually, it's the time when I feel like more self-pleasure, to be honest. I'm really feeling like that energy needs to get released out of my body. Yeah, it feels almost like if I don't let it out, then it will be an implosion. (laughs)
2: Yes, you actually said something which now I will relate again with the painful periods. Self-pleasure. This is one of the most underrated tools about relieving premenstrual syndrome and painful periods. Self-pleasure. Ladies, do not be ashamed. Use it. It's for (laughs) your advantage and for your pleasure, especially premenstrually. It's one of the best. So
1: right. And like, oh my gosh we need to talk about this more, (laughs) it's such an amazing tool for well-being and yet somehow the topic of self-pleasure just gets a little bit put aside and we know that most of us do it but as we get older we don't tend to talk about it so much and yet for me like that's a big part of our experience.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. It's so much to discover on your own basically before you engage or it doesn't matter before after or during when you are engaging with someone but it is something that in my opinion how can I be ashamed of touching my body when it's my own body like I cannot be ashamed of touching wherever I want to and if I experience pleasure it's something to be grateful that I'm able to to have this gift of being the cause of my pleasure
0: (laughs) Exactly. And how can you even ask other people to give you pleasure if you actually don't know yourself what gives you pleasure? So yeah, and especially being single, that's very, very important.
2: Absolutely. Do. <laughs> absolutely. Please do, do self-pleasure as much as you like, especially being single. I can also admit that even though I'm in a relationship, I do regularly self-pleasure myself whenever I feel like. Also, there is a little bit of maybe a cultural rule that once you get in a relationship, that's it. Like the other person is somehow the source of your pleasure and you put all the expectations. But I don't think it's fair because if, let's say, I'm horny right now and I don't have my partner, I shouldn't be suffering. (laughs) Why I should do this to myself? I have myself. I've always had myself. Before meeting my partner, I have myself. So from that perspective, self-pleasure should never stop. It's good for your hormones. It's good for your pleasure. It's good for your self-esteem and for basically everything in your life. I want to talk a little bit also about the winter, which is the menstruation. And that's also maybe another taboo topic about sex and sensuality and menstruation. Most women do not feel sexual in any way during menstruation they don't have any desire to engage but I also know women who are extremely sexual so this is another like do so we have actually two different types of women one like the first one totally don't touch me I don't want to talk to you leave me alone <laughs> and there is the other one oh my god I want it now but how can I ask it if i'm on my period like it's messy right i would say there is there shouldn't be any taboo when it comes to uh, pleasure and sex and it's very individual if you feel good about it and if your partner is also fine with it just go with it and if you're alone self-pleasure why not (laughs) just even better you will not have any crumbs fantastic at the same time if you are from the first group of the ladies that are not feeling in any way sexual there is another type of sensuality that awakens that has nothing to do with sexuality and this is when we can feel much more heart intimately connected we can really have this almost spiritual experience of expanding of our hearts or expansion of the mind and really feeling the unity with your soul. So there is another level of sensuality and intimacy that you can experience with yourself, but you can also experience with your partner even without being sexual with him. And that really opens the possibility for the next level of intimacy together on a soul based level. Wow.
1: I love it. We feel like we've unlocked another new level of talking about this stuff with you today. It has been absolutely incredible to open up these topics, to speak about them as three women sharing our personal experiences and learning from your wisdom, which is immense, Diana. So thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today. Thank you, Sam. It's
0: so enlightening, actually. Because as you said, also at the beginning that these are topics that we usually do not speak about, there is so much power in our cycles and how to how to use that power in our service. Yes,
2: exactly, exactly. And that's what makes me feel empowered as a woman. And I'm so passionate to uncover these powers and teach these secret keys to other women. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about my favorite topic
1: it's our pleasure to have you here and we know you've got loads to share on your nature of woman program and all of the other ventures and your projects on lunar attunement and we're going to pop all of that in the podcast notes so if you want to find out more about what diana does listeners do dive into those podcast notes and you can find out even more and we're not quite over because now it's time for the the wildfire round are you ready diana
2: Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but yes, please bring it on.
1: <laughs> so, you have two choices, basically, and all you have to do is pick one. And that's it. It's easy, right? Question one. Snowy
2: peaks or sunny beaches? I will go contrary to what I will say. So snowy peaks.
1: Ah, snowy peaks. Yes.
2: Tampons or... Menstrual cups. The first one. Taste or touch? Oh, that's a difficult one. Oh, okay. I will go with taste. I love food too much. She's a foodie. <laughs> yeah, I am <laughs> Aries
1: or Cancer?
2: Oh, cancer, definitely. I love emotions. <laughs>
1: is doing a little happy dance there because yes. those are our star signs so we just thought you know we wonder what comes up there
2: you chose yeah. me yes my sister is cancer as well but I resonate a lot with that sign so
1: what's your star sign Dana
2: I'm Taurus
1: finally serotonin or oxytocin
2: hmm. oh. <laughs> another tricky one <laughs> I would say oxytocin because i would love to hug more and experience yeah, especially yes. now right <laughs> yes especially now
1: <laughs> i feel like we need a virtual hug ladies Let's yes i Let's would see love you.
2: that i already feel virtual oxytocin <laughs> <laughs>
0: possible. thanks a million diana thanks a million It's really really appreciated it and thank you for being here and thank you for sharing everything with us and our listeners
2: thank you so much
1: Thank you for listening to the Untaming Femininity podcast.
0: Join our inspiring tribe of women on Facebook to experience a deeper connection with yourself and to feel the empowerment of female
1: solidarity. Tune in next Sunday for your weekly dose of depth, lightness and heartfelt shares.